0: Welcome to the podcast. Welcome,
1: welcome. Hello, hello.
0: Hello, hello. Uh, I feel like my vocals are getting more in sync and I feel like I'm returning to a human being again after my little mammoth cold.
1: Yes. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. That's just miserable. I have so many people coming in like crowding in with various states of dying of colds. Yeah. And you know what's happening is that parents are freaking out like pandemic parents Parents who've who've just only know parenting in the in the context of pandemic, and they're freaking out. They're like, "Oh my god, my child is sick!" And because mm-hmm. the thing is, they for the last almost two years, the world has been very healthy, and kids have been very healthy because they haven't been going to daycare, preschool, and kindergarten, yeah. getting viruses. So now they're starting to come back, and now pandemic yeah. parents are actually starting to see what ten colds on average a year looks like, which is just basically. Yeah waterworks of snot and disgusting pretty much all the time. <laughs> so yeah. it's a lot of reassurance to be like, no no no, your your kids fine. No no no, they don't have immune issues. Long time being locked away. Yeah, but <laughs> long time being locked away and your kids were healthy and and yeah. asthma record lows and now we're all back mm. to the normal and and catching up for last time. So
0: Yeah. 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 I reckon it's gonna be a tough winter. You know, we we're talking about this the other day about yeah. um I reckon it's gonna be a cold winter and I reckon it's gonna be <gasps> tough. Oh. Um because of that but also I think that there are going to be more illnesses I just think it's going to happen
1: yeah 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 yeah. I know for sure and and actually that's a big plug so everybody get your flu shot and your COVID shot we missed a year of of the flu essentially and I don't know Mm. influenza could be out to kick our ass I and Mm. all the other viruses yeah yeah for sure anyways that's the public health announcement
0: (laughs) (laughs) we haven't had one for a while (laughs) I I know.
1: how's your week been how's your slip into fall
0: uh, yeah, good. Although I, I do feel bloody chilly today. So mm. I think it was a lovely, fresh, nice weekend where it, was, um, it wasn't was too cold. But I woke up this morning and uh, it's definitely a bit greyer and oh. um, yeah, cozy, cozy jumpers and blankets all around. Thank oh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I would say the temperature has turned here for sure. Like now, forget it, we're never going to see warm again. It, but it's very fall and it's very, it's sunny mm. today, which is really gorgeous. So all the leaves are playing out. I think it'll be like solid winter in about maybe a week. But for now, uh, <laughs> yes.
0: Make, make the most of the blue sky.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So uh, what is happening at the relationship correspondence desk?
0: Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. So I was reading this thing at the weekend about bird nesting divorce trend.
1: Oh cool okay all right. Do
0: you know what that is?
1: I certainly like not at all.
0: <laughs> well so I didn't until I started reading the article and then I thought oh yeah I get this now. So this is a new trend where instead of so traditionally and I know this happens when I got divorced was um, you, you basically would say right okay that's it we are dividing and um, each party goes out and finds their own place and then if you've got a kind of amicable arrangement or you come to some sort of arrangement about custody, about where the kids go, and the kids will shuttle from kind of house to house. So that is has been the traditional way of doing a divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, things are changing slightly. So there's been an increase of um, situations where instead of getting rid of the marital home, what you do is find somewhere else to go when you don't have the children, so the children oh. stay in the home Oh. and the parents oh, oh, come and yes.
1: go. <gasps> oh, interesting. Okay. So
0: now, I did know, so I didn't know that that was the term. I didn't know the terminology was bird nesting. But I always remember um, there was a newsreader on um, Good Morning TV in a uk um, television program mm-hmm. uh called Susanna reed and i swear that she did this but she used to get up at like three o'clock in the morning because she was on morning television oh, yes. so you can kind of understand it in that situation right. um but i guess the whole thing gets a bit tricky once you actually start to kind of move on with your life because oh. then like what happens yes and i also think yes. it sounds quite expensive because then uh, technically you've then got three locations to uphold
1: uh, yes, but in certain divorces, like selling that home and selling that asset is a very expensive affair. Like you'd think that yeah. maybe renting, but keeping the, I guess my, my biggest question is, so when is the time that you sell the home and separate the assets? Cause like, yeah. you know, now the thing is, is that, and maybe this is a question for you, actually, there are, there are a few folks that I know who've been divorced for years, but yet they spend every holiday together. They yeah. have combined assets, they haven't moved on, they haven't been dating or gotten married. So is it healthy to stay in a suspended state of marriage without being married?
0: Well, this was then, the article did then go on to kind of say, look, which is best for the children? Is it best for the children to be kind of where you have this firm split or whether you kind of stay together? And the jury was out a little bit about kind of how healthy it is. But that is one of the points that they raised was Mm. by not, not splitting you don't actually have any um it's never over yeah <laughs> so there yeah. isn't any kind of like clear cut off point yeah. now I mean the only thing that we have still got together is life insurance oh, <laughs> so yeah. we had this life insurance policy that we took out years and years ago before the kids were even born mm-hmm. so it, of course it's super cheap in terms of price mm-hmm. and what it does is if one of us dies then it pays still pays out to the other person mm. even though we're not married anymore because we're both insured on we're both yeah. named um named policyholders and but I do remember having a long discussion with my ex about it and he was like well I'm not insuring against your life and I went but you're not insuring against my life you're in, you're getting insurance for the fact that I won't be there anymore. Yeah. And then you're then going to have to carry all the burden of those costs. So actually you're insuring for yourself. You're not insuring for me, ah, but yeah. like vice versa. So that, and because we split yeah. the policy 50-50. Yeah. So I said, we're both technically paying for our own share of insurance should yes. one of us die and the other one has to pay out all of the costs for, so exactly. I mean, when the, you know, there'll come a point, I guess, where we don't need that insurance anymore because you haven't, you know, you're not providing for children in the same way, but Mm -hmm. when you've got um, university fees and you know, school stuff to pay for and, you know, all that kind of educational support, then you need, if one party died, then you would need it. So that was always my logic, but it took a long time for my ex to really get his head around that. Oh, that makes complete sense though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then I think going back to your point about, is it healthy to not kind of split assets and things like that? I think... It is always horses for courses, but I think I would have struggled in that situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's a better arrangement for, as I'm starting to kind of see, I'm wondering if there's going to be a third path that opens up where people realize that they can remain married, but not living together. And I'm curious about, I know it sounds weird, (laughs) but well, you know,
0: so you say that, but it is a phenomenon. So it's called living together apart. So Uh, people do get married and, but they have separate houses
1: yes, I'm increasingly happy with this. (laughs) I don't know. I've had a personal renaissance with my relationship. I think it's terrific. It's such an amazing reset button, but like, you know, stay tuned because I'll sort of have more data when, you know, as the months go on. But like, it's amazing that when you're not like arguing about, um, you know, how often the bathroom gets to be or needs to be uh, cleaned, and you're not squabbling over stupid stuff like that. Like, it's amazing. how, (laughs) Oh, my God, it's great. Anyways, it's just, yeah, just a whole bunch of stuff that is no longer an issue.
0: Um, Well, I do know quite a few people that say if they ever split up with a partner, that would be it. They would never go on to have another um, relationship where they were cohabiting.
1: I, I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, it's not because anybody is a bad partner. It's because being partnered, Man, you give up all the, f- the cool stuff, like you give up the ability to sort of call the shots in your own house and calling the shots in your own house is quite awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> huge fan. Yeah. I think
0: there's definite pluses and there's always, you know, benefits and negatives for all situations that we're in. That's true. Um, That's true. So I can, you know, I can see it the other way where there are benefits where, you know, it's nice to come home to somebody or mm-hmm. have somebody to um, just be there when you've had a terrible day at work or... Oh, that's um, so true. Yeah. So there's you that know, is the, lacking. Yes, to <laughs> have somebody to warm your cold feet on in the middle of winter.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. That is that the, the glint in your eye. That <laughs> that does seem to be. Oh, that's so uh. cute. Well, I think that this this bird nesting divorce situation maybe you know this whole where uh, it is a curious thing if if you do realize that as a couple you need space whether or not mm. you're. I mean, I could see it as not. Now, maybe, maybe a temporary arrangement while in divorce, maybe some folks, yeah. rather than ripping a bandaid off, they need things to be a bit more gradual and that's fine. Yeah. I'm curious about the bird nesting, living, to or being together apart. You know, if you find it's totally intolerable to live together, then sharing the house, having the kids at the same house and you're cycling in and out that yeah. gives you some of that levity and maybe you are still married, yeah. but you have separate apartments and you to kind of like, you know, a space to call your own.
0: Yeah, I guess what it really demonstrates is there aren't any kind of cut and dry ways to live our lives. Like, who's yeah. to say what's right and what's wrong? Um, you know, there's there's a variety of different options, yeah. and um, you know, feel free to explore any of them and see what works for you. Cause we're oh, all yeah. Different. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think the big question is: is is this healthy for me? Yeah, you know, if this is a divorce and we are in any way still, you know. We have ties that bind. Is that a healthy arrangement? Mm. Do I like that? Or is it holding me back in any way? And just nice to check in and you might be like, no, it's not holding me back. I wouldn't have any other anywhere else to go right now or anywhere else to be. So might as well. Mm. This is working for now. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, then reevaluate in six months and see if it's
1: still working for you.
0: Yeah. I I think when a new partner comes on the scene, I think that would start to get a little bit complicated. I know. I know. Absolutely
1: no no like hello (laughs) and you know and because a partner would rightfully be like you know I'm not going to stay I'm we're not going to move forward in our relationship until you cut your ties with your ex and that would be a very valid thing for that new person to say yeah but that sounds like a whole other hot topic
0: it certainly is all right so speaking of hot topics do you fancy one this week
1: yes please yes indeed yeah okay let's
0: do it (laughs) week we're going to talk about one of a number of common relationship fears Mm. and today we're going to focus on rejection
1: oh nice this sounds like a really fun Mm. series good fear series just just in time for halloween okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah what are you frightened of (laughs) is (laughs) it just the dark
1: (laughs) (laughs) or is it your relationship (laughs) nice all right rejection um
0: so yeah fear of rejection in relationships Oh, God. Yes. It's quite a big topic, isn't it? It's something oh. that comes up quite frequently um, yes, around yes. fear of rejection, I think.
1: You know, and it's it's funny, I was just tackling that with a with a client who's really powering up in their life and they're like fabulous and their job is like on point and their, their social life and they've got this incredible apartment and they're sort of saying, okay, well, now that I've regrouped and everything is just feeling really powerful, I'm going to shift back to dating. And then all of a sudden, it's like the hot air balloon just... Like just like, Mm. because they're like, oh no, I still have body shaming messages in my head that make me think that I'm going to be rejected by these guys because of the way I look. And it's, it is so pervasive and it most of the time is affecting us ladies. This fear. Well, I, okay. Sorry. Now. Oh, I saw that eyebrow rage. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) nope, not just ladies. All no, right, what's your I take think, on that? Yeah.
0: Well, no, I think um I think a lot of men suffer with um with their body image now as well because I think particularly over the last sort of I don't know five to ten years there's been a real big increase, hasn't there, in in male grooming, and mm. males getting kind of trim and buff and all of the stuff that you see out there about the six packing. Mm -hmm. and how they're kind of you know you you see the kind of before and after shots and people are there so I think there's a lot more um in the male grooming you know and we had that whole period where everybody was really into beards and so there was a lot of kind of real and then um you get a lot more men doing like waxing and stuff like that so I think that um I think that it exists on for both genders
1: oh that's true That's true. And men often, you know, face this financial, like they have to sort of prove themselves financially. Yeah. I heard something from a client that, you know, women are the gateway to sex and men are the gateway to relationship.
0: Mm. So it's interesting. So you're talking about rejection from a kind of dating perspective. Oh, now, oh
1: interesting uh, okay okay yeah.
0: yeah so we've gone I think in two different directions my mind is all about that fear of rejection when you're in a relationship as well because I think that oh, comes up quite yeah. strongly
1: oh nice okay okay Well, take take that mm. direction
0: so when you've got um so you see it when when people have got attachment style issues so when they've got that kind of anxious attachment style you can often have this fear of rejection so there'll be this um the slightest thing kind of happens in the relationship like suddenly your partner is going out a bit more or um they're spending more time at the you know out, out doing sports or they've taken a keen interest in some charitable work or something kind of shifts so that the focus or waxing or waxing yes <laughs> <laughs> they're suddenly getting buff and toned
1: exactly um, <laughs> exactly
0: yeah. then something that kind of takes away that attention from maybe where you spent a lot of time together Mm. that can really trigger this anxious style and you can get that fear of rejection within the relationship like oh I suddenly feel like I'm not am I not interesting enough am I um what is it that's changed what have I done and what's what's really interesting is the way that the mind can will often spring to kind of self so this is I've done Mm. something, I've changed, uh, it's got to be me, Mm. I need to look at doing something different, maybe they don't fancy me anymore, maybe I'm just not as interesting, Ah. Um, maybe they're bored, Um, so the mind, I think, can really shift to that self, Ah. that negative self-talk and that inward blame about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting,
1: okay, yes. (sighs) Yes. So, and then take us from that point. So those feelings come up, then what kind of behaviors tend to follow suit?
0: Yeah, so I think then often we get this behavior where it's this real kind of um, neediness that comes into the relationship or the like real sort of people pleasing, like, oh, if I'm just like a better, you know, (sighs) wife or husband, then maybe everything can return back to normal. So rather than understanding what the underlying change is, Um, So the change may not be a bad change, it's just that something different is happening. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to understand, oh, I've, you know, and and just raising it as an observation, I've noticed that you're playing football a bit more, or I've noticed that you're going to the gym more, or that you've started, you know, joined this singing group, like whatever it is, like... I'm just curious kind of what sparked it. So rather than taking an interest and trying to find out what's really happening, Mm. go back in the story train and kind Uh. of make it all about us. Um, And then we start with these kind of unrealistic behaviors that we then, you'd never be able to keep up in a million years. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, I always remember, um, and again, I think some of this comes down to this whole kind of like body image and feel rejection. I used to work with this woman who used to get about six o'clock in the morning to put her face makeup on because her husband had never seen her without makeup <laughs> like how bonkers wow. is that
1: oh that is that takes so much energy wow. doesn't it yeah that's insane. so
0: you know it's, Can you imagine so i think much
1: time in a day like, just Well i just
0: think as human beings we do display some some strange behavior sometimes yeah. to situations that yeah. aren't even reality oh true
1: and then, and not even, and let alone all the people like myself who, if we feel like we're being rejected, we're like, well, I'm going to reject first. I'm not going to let the guillotine yes. come down on me. So start pushing away and just tra- <laughs> sabotaging yeah. the relationship because, yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: And you get that often as well with that avoidant attachment style because it's mm-hmm. kind of like. I don't want to attach anyway. So, yeah. if you give me the slightest sign that tells me that um that this isn't going to work, then I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, because I don't need much. I don't. I only need the slightest little glimmer of yeah. some sort of evidence, whether perceived or real, that it's not going to work. And in which case, yeah. you know, I'm I'm off. See you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah. Because like, and there's no vulnerability and letting. You know, it's all dr- ego driven. It's yeah. um. Gosh, yes. I think I've known that a time or two. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, talk about fear of rejection. This sounds really bizarre. I'm, I'm just going to say something that I s- saw yesterday. So I was in the local thrift store where I am frequently because I absolutely love anytime I need something from my house or whatever. I just love buying secondhand stuff. Yeah. So it was a packed Sunday everybody and their dog was at the thrift store. And uh, there was this guy in front of me and he kind of just cut in line because he didn't see that there was a line. So the cashier was like, hey, buddy, there was somebody else in line. It was, it was me. And I was like, no, you're, it's okay. Go ahead. The cashier's like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, there was a line. Let's, use protocol. So this guy who had this like Elvis hair buffon, which I don't know if it's related to the story, but it was, it was quite Mark remarkable, his hair, he gets huffy and he's like, that's it. And he just puts his, he slams his jeans down. He's like, I don't want them anyways. And he storms out of the store. And what's funny is that poor guy, he's so driven by his ego, this guy with his anger Mm. that he probably wanted the pair of jeans, but now he's screwed, right? Now he's made a declaration to leave. They were probably a nice pair of pants or pair of jeans. And now he can't go do an about face and come back into yeah. the store and be like, oh, fuck, sorry. I just had to calm down there. I really do want the jeans. And I just saw this guy, poor guy, fear of, <laughs> fear of rejection, meaning a fear of a correction, fear of saying, oh, I was wrong. Mm. I'm sorry. The ego was driving. Yeah. And now he just fucked himself because now he doesn't have those jeans. <laughs> but, but that happens all the time. And I think he's got some anger stuff and there's a lot of, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of anger <laughs> stuff in society, a lot of, a lot of angry folks. Um, yeah, but this, yeah, this fear of rejection, it's amazing how it drives everything in what we yeah.
0: do. It's yeah. crazy. I think it's, um, yeah. So I guess w- what we're saying here is the, the fear of rejection makes us behave in ways that we wouldn't ordinarily behave. Yeah. So it makes us do things that either pushes kind of really uncomfortably in a direction. We don't want to, being or it can make us kind of i don't know maybe like really dig our heels in so maybe be quite kind of stubborn in a way that we wouldn't necessarily want to but i think the underlying thing is it's making us behave in a way that isn't true to us Mm. so it's turning us into somebody that we don't want to be because we're not getting underneath the skin of the situation about actually how we feel about what's happening
1: yes yes
0: So it's it's quite fascinating Uh, when you think about the human psyche and the way that we work. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. So this calls for a healthy dose of the Brene Brown vulnerability thing. Mm. (laughs) I think that's kind of really key here is that facing fear of rejection, not by running away, um, not by trying to overcompensate, that's sort of leaning in, but in an unhealthy way. But So tell me about... The healthy way to lean in, get vulnerable, put your ego aside and face that fear of rejection. What's the what's the healthy path? What's the true path?
0: So I think the first thing is to recognize that there's, that there's going to be a pattern here. You're going to see certain behaviors mm-hmm. that that come up. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is really recognizing what's that pattern? What am I doing? You know, am I deliberately self-sabotaging and kind of, you know, putting the hand up and and almost keeping somebody at arm's length because I want to get in there first. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that what's happening? Or have I slipped into kind of people pleasing mode because I'm overly anxious about the mm-hmm. fact that I think somebody's gonna leave me and I don't want them to. Mm-hmm. So really recognizing that, that something has flicked that switch. We've gone into that kind of poor pattern of behavior. Mm. And then it's about saying, okay, when I've been in this situation before, how have things worked? <laughs> you know did how did the play out did the work for me did it not work for me like what was what were the things that happened after that because that really mm. gives you a, a picture yeah. then about what's coming up yeah. and then you've got a choice right do I want that to be kind of the you know the future in a few weeks or a few days or however long it normally takes for that pattern to play out mm. and and that's a question then isn't it how you know honestly like how am I feeling right now do I really want that pattern to play out or have I got something else within me that I can deplore your use instead? Like, mm. what's the thing that I'm scared of doing? Because um, ah. the thing that you're scared of doing is, is often the clue about what you really should be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's so awesome. Yes.
0: So if I'm yes. terrified about telling somebody how I feel, probably mm. means that you need to tell the other person how you feel. Yeah, yeah. Which goes back to that vulnerability piece.
1: Ah, So I'm curious about, you know, for the folks who face the fear of rejection by just trying to like scurry to be the best partner ever and Mm. try to overcompensate and bend over backwards and fit into a box even more. What might their fear be? I've kind of got something in my mind. I'm curious if we can trade what our impression is.
0: So I think it's still that fear of rejection. It's that fear that I'm not going to be good enough, that somebody's going to walk away. Somebody's going to abandon me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel it's that. In, in in order to in order to over you, you, in in order to fix or rectify that, I have to overcompensate. I have to be the person that I think this other person wants me to be. But the the clue yeah. in all of that is there's nothing in there that's reality right now. We don't know anything is fact or yeah. evidential because it is just based on the thoughts that are going through yeah. my mind.
1: So something in that situation might be rather than overcompensating and scurrying to be. Quote unquote," better is just to yeah. say, oh, easier said than done, I'm <laughs> enough. I am a hell of a catch and I'm going to just show up as myself. I'm not going to overcompensate. Yeah. I'm not going to try to push this relationship. I'm going to just yeah. do my part, do my bit and let chips fall where they may. If I am being myself and I'm yeah. doing, I'm showing up the way I like myself and yeah. then it's up to my partners to whether they like that or not. Uh, and then also be attentive to sort of be open to letting your narrative shift and your interpretations about your partner's behavior shift
0: yeah and this you know we can nudge that shift a little bit because we can ask some questions some key questions about well what else might be happening Mm. if it's not that they're going to reject me what else could be going on in Mm. this situation what do I really what do I really know to be factual right now Mm. and what else could be happening if it's not that what else could be happening?
1: Yeah, and then you're living so much in the head of your partner trying to like, you know, yeah. interpret like, what are they doing? <laughs> What's that move? Like chess pieces and stuff. And, you know, if you could take all that mental energy and bring it into your into your life, into what you want to do and just say, yeah, the more that we obsess about our partner, really the the less interesting we are because we're, we're, we're not living our life anymore. We're sort of trying to live in the head of somebody else. But if we can kind of just yeah. bring that energy and just even for a second, just focus and be like, hmm, I think I'd really like to go and do this hobby right now. I think I just want to kind of do something for myself. Yeah. Healthy stuff.
0: Yeah. We do really try and kind of um, overanalyze life, I think. So, yeah. um, you know, your partner walks walks in or uh, from a day at work or they wake up and they kind of seem a little bit off. Then, <laughs> you know, if you've ever been in that situation oh. and you're like, hmm. Something doesn't quite feel right. And mm-hmm. and instead of saying the words, you don't quite see myself today, like what's going on. Yeah. Instead we sit there for kind of, you know, the rest of the the rest Our of the days. day or the rest of the morning yeah. trying to kind of over analyze the situation. Well, you know, what what's happened? What could I have done differently? Have I said something to upset the? Yeah. Like and we do, we just start to internalize the whole thing. Mm-hmm.
1: It's exhausting. Oh my god, it's exhausting. And Oh my gosh, this even, this comes up even at work, like not just with your partner, this fear of rejection or this fear of, you know, if our, if we have a coworker or a client who just loses on us one day, um, Mm. and then we spend the entire, until we can speak to them and sort of apologize or make amends, we're freaking out. And it's the only thing we can think about. And this person is living rent free in our head for, for hours or days until (laughs) we can, that fear of rejection really drives So many hours of wasted mental energy that we give somebody else. Yeah. Imagine what you could do with that time and energy
0: Mm, (laughs) if it were back
1: in your own, uh, in your own court.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Mm. So what other, what other things have you noticed with clients that you would sort of bring in in terms of awareness or strategies here?
0: it's moving outside of your own personal comfort zone I think when it comes to situations like this because we never really get to investigate or know what's what's true or real when we're living inside of our own head and we're not really kind of asking some of those questions I think there's also the thoughts around the fact that who we are today isn't the same person that we were kind of five or ten years ago that goes for us and for our partners um so we can sometimes have those assumptions around the past that are no longer there Mm. and they're quite tricky i think to get over because often there's kind of a deep-rooted amount of you know pain or suffering that's associated with some of those memories so we kind of you know we recognize it as an unpleasant time um and it can be really difficult to let go of some of those um So yeah, so I think it is around really understanding for yourself what's happening and really trying to kind of dig deep about where some of that is coming from. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is a big fear that we've just tackled. This is... (gasps) But
0: uh, I do think this rejection thing for me, the thing, and it it rings true around the dating side as well, is the fear of rejection will turn you into somebody that you don't want to be. So instead it is about coming back to who am I how can I show up as myself how can I just be who I am because quite frankly we're all super fabulous in our own way Mm -hmm. and if we're with somebody who doesn't recognize how super fabulous we are then we're not in the right relationship because we want to be in you know this goes for friendships as well it goes for you know thinking about the colleagues that you work with if they're not kind of Mm -hmm. if they don't respect who you are and they don't see the positive and the good in you then you know we're not we're not surrounding ourselves By with the right people who are going to kind of help to and who we can draw upon in some of the tougher times that come our way
1: yes that's so true
0: so yeah resist the temptation to turn into somebody that you're not because eventually Uh. that will be too difficult the mask will only stay on for so long
1: yeah and you know that that other version that's not yourself might very well drive that person away anyways yeah whether you intended it or not yeah yeah oh gosh so true Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like this fear series.
0: I know. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, so yeah, that was juicy. Yeah.
1: Oh gosh. Yes. Would you like a question right now? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's always references to our own life, Anna. (laughs) Oh god. Totally. Okay. Let's um. Let's go for question. So this week's question is, I really want kids and my partner doesn't. They already have children from a previous relationship.
1: Help. Oh, very common. Yes. It is
0: common. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think as relationships. Um, you know, we know that relationships don't last as long as they used to. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at kind of, mm-hmm. you know, if you shifted back kind of 50 years, I think you'd see less of this. Um, whereas now we know that people are you know linking back to kind of fear in in relationships we know that people are not always but a lot of the time are kind of a bit better at saying actually this isn't for me or uh, this isn't working and that whole stigma about uh, relationships breaking down and divorce and I don't think that's as prevalent um Mm -hmm. I mean I remember and maybe this is just because I've got used to it but I remember when I first got divorced and kind of having to do that whole thing where you explain kind of how you ended up in Jersey and how you're no longer married and blah 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 Ah, blah blah blah. (laughs) that whole story was always like oh god do I have to Mm -hmm. um and I think there was kind of you know more stigma I don't know whether that's whether there's less stigma or whether I've just got used to it and therefore it doesn't affect me anymore it's probably a bit of both yeah but I think you get more this is more common this situation isn't it and Mm -hmm. people kind of meet at different times in their life as well like Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm sensing a bit of an age difference but I don't know why that is Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so if you've got that slight kind of age difference so somebody's kind of already done the kind of you know already gone down the child route um then it can be quite tricky I think yeah
1: yeah and oh my gosh it's so fraught because on one hand there's a partner or there's a potential partner that you see, or there's somebody that you're dating and you want to get closer to, and mm. you're really feeling it, you're really vibing, and you're thinking, gosh, this would be a great partner. And it's sitting in conflict with your desire to have children. And it also sounds mm. like it sounds like they say, I really want kids, but there's something interesting about being with somebody and, and going down the track with somebody mm. who says that they're done. And so there's just I, I sense with this person a real deep sense of conflict. Mm. They really want kids, but yeah. they really like this person. So yeah. what it sounds like is they have a lot of figuring out to do. It's not mm. there's something about this opportunity that has come up, this person that they this wouldn't be a this person wouldn't be asking the question if they decided to just end the relationship and say, Nope, kids is more important than anything. Gotta be yeah. with a partner who wants kids. Unless they are thinking, perhaps I can convince my partner to have kids that would just mm always never (laughs) a good idea but a very frequent tactic recipe recipe for disaster disaster. yeah so Mm. anyways I'm so I'm sensing general confusion how about you
0: yeah I think there is confusion the other thing that's coming up on me is around um you know how much is it that they really really want to be with this person Mm. or is that a decision that's made out of fear or so going back to that kind of you know, we're talking there about fear in relationships. A common fear is that I'm never going to have a relationship or I'm never going to have a a healthy relationship or I'm never going to really meet somebody that I'm compatible with. Now, my question is, what is the compatibility here? Is it that the you know, the person asking the question really feels like they've met their most compatible partner that they're ever going to meet. But there's just this major kind of block here about children. Or is it that they're terrified that they're never going to meet anybody that comes close and they'll get the full package with? Yeah, So they feel like they have to then settle. So the other thing for me is that if this person really, really truly wants kids and they know that, at what point will that then start to affect the future of the relationship because if it's something that you feel like you have sacrificed, then at some point that could potentially turn into resentment. Um, Of course, And you can kind of almost see it like every time there's a big major um, disagreement or argument, you can almost see it coming out as a kind of, (laughs) you know, a weapon of mass destruction, can't you? (laughs) Absolutely. But I didn't have kids for you. Yes. (laughs) You know, you can kind of like you can and I really wanted them and I and you're not doing this for me. You can really kind of see how that's just going to come out as a bit of a nuclear bomb whenever it's yeah. kind of uh, whenever the going gets tough
1: oh and I know it I, I've I've taken out that same grenade and I've popped it yeah. over the fence for sure but mm. the thing that I had to learn is that in in my case if I didn't have kids it's because I chose not to yeah. so I've been in this situation and it, it wasn't in as as completely as phrased but I got the sense that we as a couple were stronger without kids than if we did have kids Uh, Mm. not to say that I, you know, either of us would have been a bad parent or whatnot, but I just, I just, I could get the sense that this was something I really wanted the relationship. You know, I had a choice, either a contented relationship or having kids, but I couldn't see both happening. Mm. And I think a lot of us override that sensation because, you know, this person, their partner already has kids, but there are other people who don't have kids yet, but they're not too keen on having them. And, and you know, when somebody tells us who they are, believe them. So you will often hear, I just saw a TikTok video. There's this like trending song. And this woman sort of did this thing and saying, basically, her her reveal was that she's pregnant, she has two kids. And her husband had said, "I, I only want two. And she's like, I want three. And she gets pregnant. And she's all happy and smiling with her two bouncing kids on either hip. And I'm like, that's fine. But you're basically, you're, you heard your husband only wanted two, and you're like, yeah. let's have a third, and it it's fine, it's sweet and stuff, but what that can often happen is, you know, that partner checks out, because they're like, I didn't, never wanted another kid, and so forth, on both sides.
0: Well, it's such a major, it's such a major thing, though, isn't it? Yes, so- yes. You know, it's, um, and I mean, we could probably debate this one for quite some time because there's lots of different kind of scenarios where, um, you know, where somebody falls pregnant and the other one didn't really kind of want to have any kids. And like, you just, you get all of these things, you get situations where people trap other people, um, you know, intentionally and, um, and it's such a major major commitment to have children you've really really got to want to do it and you know because when the going gets tough like the only thing that brings you back is well actually you know I I want I actively wanted to, to have children or actively wanted this child totally I think in this situation I guess what feels tricky is one person's already experienced it and they kind of know and but they also know that actually I'm done and again I'm kind of thinking that that is in connection with the actual the commitment you know it's not just a financial commitment there's an emotional commitment there's a you know maybe there's a question mark about the time that they spend together so when you only have one set of children to think about Mm. then the time that you spend together is then your own Mm. so you don't have that kind of when Mm. you've got two sets of children there's either kind of you know there then never becomes a time when there aren't any children present so there could be that actually this person really likes that kind of the life with where they get dedicated time with their children and then they get dedicated time without them so there could be some of that where you know the person asking the question hasn't experienced that so they don't know Mm. kind of what that's like so there's two very very different experiences here that are going on and I guess the question that comes back is actually, how compatible are you with this with this person? How much do you truly really want the relationship? And is it if you know going back to your point about if you listen to your partner, your partner saying, "No, I don't, I don't want any more. I'm done." Mm-hmm. What does that mean then? Because if we listen and accept that to be the truth, what does that mean for you? How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mm-hmm. kind of next step to trying to figure out this puzzle.
1: Yes. Rather than assuming, oh
0: they'll change their mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's not to say they won't, like a lot of people do. A lot of people mm-hmm. end up, you know, kids have an amazing way of changing people's minds sometimes, um, you know, in both directions, but yeah. They have a way of wiggling into your heart in in mm-hmm. in many cases. But but if you were to take that partner's word for the absolute truth, like absolute yeah. literal interpretation, exactly. So what yeah. would that mean for you? Yeah. And if you say, gosh, I really, really want kids, then go after yeah. it. I mean, don't deny yourself if it's if it's something that's important, like go after mm-hmm. it. And and I think that we stop so soon, whether in the dating process, in the audition process for a life partner, and we kind of stop and we're like, and we really do believe that we can't have everything. Uh, we can either have a good guy mm-hmm. or kids, but not both. Yeah. And as coaches, we're like, well, what if you were to date like 30 more people and make sure you do not... Don't come to any conclusions until you've dated 30 different people. Mm. And then after that, tell me that you have to choose between one or the other. I, I think we yeah. we stop so soon because our, our narrative is like, we don't deserve all. We we deserve to have one thing, but to ha- make some major sacrifices.
0: Yeah. But I do think as well, it's that kind of fear element of, um, well, I'm terrified. I'm never going to find anybody. Yes. All the, you know, you hear all of the kind of statements. Well, all the good ones are taken, duh, 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 you know, all of that kind of comes up. I'm never go anywhere to meet anybody yeah. who, you know, I'm bring out kind of age profile, kids, baggage, whatever it is. Yeah. So, therefore, nobody's going to want me. Yeah, yeah. So, there's all this other stuff that's kind of clouding it, which is what makes me really question about this one is, you know, is there some fear that's playing into that? Like, so oh, totally. I really like yeah. this person. And I, so I now believe I've got to kind of, I've got to sacrifice one thing or the other, either yes. the relationship or having a child. So yes. but yeah, goes back to what you were saying.
1: Yeah, completely. So oh. if you were stuck in the situation, stuck, mm-hmm. we don't, we're not, as coaches, we get unstuck. That's the whole point. So if you feel stuck in the situation, <laughs> what would be your advice to the person trying to face this decision with more clarity?
0: So I think, I think going back to that kind of point, okay, if this is the truth, this is reality, how does that make me feel? How does that make me view the future? Really understanding, you know, if I had to design my, um, you know my life love like what would it be what would be and not necessarily thinking about the person that you're with and this is quite tricky when you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. because you've already got some bias right like I mean they are your person you've chosen them um whether you're fully compatible or not but you've chosen them at that point in time Mm -hmm. so it's trying to kind of remove any kind of preconceived ideas about or anything that is coming up from your existing relationship and just really saying, okay, how would I design my love life? Like, what would it look like? What would that relationship be like? Um, and really focusing on that. Yeah. And then, you know, how, how does this relationship measure up? Like,
1: ah, okay. So what's the thing, what's the thing, the action or the move that this person fears the most, do you think?
0: The fear is about whether the relationship is is the right one or not and whether they'll find anybody else.
1: Yeah. I I think the fear is following your heart that you want kids and ending this relationship and and going into the deep unknown of of being single and looking for somebody more compatible. That is the fear.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Mm. It's a tough one Mm. for sure. Yeah. There's also the possibility though they might change their mind as well about whether they want kids or not. (laughs)
1: there is but rather than subterfuge there's a much more direct way to really give everyone an ample chance so number one that's bringing it on the table to say kids are a deal breaker for me so if this isn't happening I will be moving on and it's very sad we otherwise get along so well and I really Mm. I really love you and I you know but but I will end things if this doesn't because I want to be true to myself yeah you know there is some time when perhaps somebody else might come around uh, in air quotes come around but I mean to be honest like I'd, I'd be a little suspicious of that come around because the the person who says they don't want kids they may also be scared of leaving they might be scared of losing you and they mm. might want to say oh yeah I'll have kids just to kind of keep you so just be a little cautious yeah. of that I suppose
0: mm, yeah I think there's some investigation to be done on both sides about yeah. how yeah. how they both truly feel about the situation yeah a sense like most things, they haven't really kind of discussed it. The mm. probably skirting around the edges.
1: True that. True that. Good Cause call. That's
0: where it feels really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let's just drop a few little nuggets in every now and again, rather yeah. than having a full discussion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, but weirdly, I think most of the decisions around kids probably happen in this circuitous way that doesn't actually involve real communication.
0: Yeah. Real conscious choice.
1: No. Yeah. Absolutely yeah interesting this is a good one yeah. action-packed
0: it was action-packed. Yeah, action-packed oh my gosh
1: oh this is hard shit <laughs>
0: oh. yeah I think it's funny isn't it like the way that we view relationships um and I often think that me and my partner got a very different kind of view about certain things and mm we were out for dinner with some friends on Saturday and the conversation came up about oh yeah like we get on really well and blah 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 like so my partner's kind of displaying this lovely rosy because he's a rose tinted glasses person Mm. and I went but let's be real though right like we're not kind of happy all the time that's not how it works (laughs) (laughs) so it's just that kind of we, we can have very different views and perspectives about how things are I mean don't get me wrong we are like super happy had a great weekend everything was lovely but what you know, I'd, but I know that that's not real all the time. That's not real life. Yes. So some different views and perspectives.
1: Yeah, I I think it's like super toxic, this whole impression that everybody else is fabulous all the time. And, and gosh, the public persona that we put out there versus what's actually going on. I, I think even more so now after pandemic, well, we're still in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and especially, you know, Couples is one thing, but just mental health in general. And you know, I, I've said a lot, and I keep saying every week, I'm just astonished at the depraved state of our mental health, especially among women. It's so mm. awful. Our anxiety, our fear of our anxiety that's playing out in in physical manifestations. Um, and I think that everybody thinks that everybody else is fine. Yeah. So you know, we've got to drop that right quick, and you know that it's shitty sometimes. It's shitty a lot of the time, yeah. and that that. I don't know, can we take down Facebook and Instagram for good? Because, like, that, that shit is just <laughs> toxic. Oh, my God. Well,
0: they did have that little outage, so... It'd <laughs> be nice that
1: that lasted for longer.
0: Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, you see, I'm seeing a lot with children, actually, more oh. so with um, teenagers. Mm. And um, so I'm really seeing kind of that anxiety oh, playing yeah. out in, in teenage behavior, too. I think, oh. you know, it's this acknowledgement that we've been through what has just been a really really weird time and mm. so many people have just been affected in different ways I also think I mean I rarely listen to the news but I have kind of more recently and I just find that that is really really tough um yeah so sometimes you just need to step back from because the news will still be there um I mean we had devastating news about a guy who the a politician that's just been stabbed just oh, no doing kidding. his um <gasps> you know his normal constituency um, consultations yes, yes. Um, and that, oh, that so that's horrible. like the second MP in five years like things like that and then even locally there was um, a story on Sunday about a, um, a person that had been stabbed thankfully they're still alive they're in hospital they're safe but you know there, there are just really really tough situations that go on you know yeah. we've got um, it's domestic violence awareness oh, month and yeah. um, you know there's um there's troubles in the UK economy around kind of energy prices and oh, um, no shortage of people to do jobs like yeah. so you listen to it all and um I, we were having a conversation uh, myself and my partner at the weekend and I just said I just wish that they'd report something that was just a bit more positive so yeah. I get what you're saying about you know we we'll have to look at the reality of what's going on in the world but also it can't all be negative um discussion we need some balance in life yeah, yeah. and I think that's that goes for kind of all of us I think we're caught up in this kind of pandemic monologue about how tough everything is and it's trying to get some balance I think about what where where's the real story for us how do I really feel Mm -hmm. not what is the media telling me how I should feel what am I really feeling what's really going on for me oh yes yeah anyway you got me on my soapbox there (laughs)
1: love it yeah and I and I think you know a real positive note is the quiet resilience and the people who are upending expectations. Like this is a total, especially, you know, in, in the career coaching that I do is people are thinking differently. People are, um, thinking about, you know, leaving toxic jobs. They're thinking about Mm. paring down the expenses in their life to be able to live small and therefore they don't have to, you know, work full time. Um, yeah. And people are doing some cr- amazing things. I just went yesterday to see opera in a bar. So these mm. opera singers um, basically kind of hit the road and took opera away from the big performance house and into the local yeah. tavern, which is where it was hundreds of years ago. And so
0: mm.
1: we're sort of coming back to the basics in many ways. Yeah. And reinventing yeah. things. There's a beautiful creativity that's rising, but it's very quiet.
0: Yeah. Well, it's connecting to what you value the most, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there are
1: some real wins that if you turn off the news and listen, you know, because it's its own industry, it's its own, it's an yeah. entertainment industry at the end of the day. And if you can turn off the news and sort of tune into yourself and your community and what's going on around you, mm. yeah, there's some yeah. really cool, quiet stuff going on. But it's really, it's really enjoyable to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. here's to a uh, um, an inspirational week ahead and tuning into who we really
1: are. Ah, well said. Well said. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, so till next week till next week so that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Sass. we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover if you need help in navigating all things relationships Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support email info at geordielass.com please remember to like share subscribe if you've enjoyed listening if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.